who has the money in the bank contract. And oh! Balor taking advantage of the distraction. Swing right by Balor. Drives Reigns into the corner. It's going to do it. Balor to the top rope. It's going to happen. Balor's dreams. Good to God. Nobody home. Spare by Reigns. Cover. Reigns retains. But there's no rest for the weary. Here is your winner. And Here comes still, the monster. The Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. The monster is in the ring. Strowman is literally living up to his world. Strowman with a boot to Reigns. Monday Night Raw is live in Brooklyn. Reigns has retained the title. The money the bank contract holder is in the ring. Is Strowman going to cash in? He is. Is Strowman going to cash in? Michael, he is. Strowman is cashing in! Strowman's cashing in! We've got a second championship match! Wait a minute! That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Justin, they say it's summer, it's SummerSlam, but I'm looking out the window. Where is the summer, Justin? Uh, it's hidden behind all that smoke. Yeah, our province of uh, British Columbia, and specifically our city of Vancouver, is on fire for those uh, international or non-domestic mm. listeners. Uh, our, our international li- listeners in Washington State will certainly be well aware, because it's even worse in Seattle than it is here. Is that right? Oh my god, yeah. This, like The photos of the Seattle skyline that are coming oh, out of that city right now are... Sickening. We got worse air quality right now, folks, than Mexico City. Somebody told me Beijing. Could that be true? Uh, probably. I mean, this is about what I would expect Beijing looks like. <laughs> uh, so yeah. No offense to our Beijingian listeners. We don't mean any offense. Yeah, it's be- really smoky is what we're trying to say, yes. folks. But we are going to uh, continue to breathe this air so hey. that we can bring you a breakdown of the weekend that was in the world of professional wrestling. Because that's right, it is Top Marks. And Josh, what does that mean? Justin, you know what it means, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's where we break down the... One, two, three! Biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes at a time. Which is the exact length of... A WCW television title match. Oh, man, right you are, my friend. Justin, this was... uh how much wrestling have you watched in the past, I don't know, since Friday, let's say? How many hours of professional wrestling? Because I know you watched the pre-show. I did watch the entire pre-show on Sunday. So Sunday's show, all told, just by itself is probably six and a half, oh. six, 6.15 maybe. 
maybe? It's already too much. Yeah, plus I watched Raw without commercials, though, which okay. is still, I don't know, probably... Two hour 20? Yeah, or 227, somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, so like <laughs> Not 225. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, it's closer to two and a half sometimes there if there's overrun. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But then I approximated for the time where there is an overrun, so I shaved three minutes off. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> right now, just from uh, you know the pay-per-view and Raw, we're sitting at a grand total of... Uh, Eight and three quarter hours yeah. plus NXT takeover, I was say, which we was two thirty six. I'm pretty sure that's which right. Brings us up to eleven point two five hours, if I'm not mistaken. That is so much wrestling, and then SmackDown as well, which I only watched maybe I don't know twenty five minutes of. So, so I watched not all so of tw- twelve hours total. That's insane. I watched not all of Joey Janela's beach party on Friday. I really wanted to see that. You got to watch New York, man. Oh, yeah. I oh, I said sorry. Yeah, not beach party. Uh, lost in New York. Do you know the Sandman's on it? I do know the Sandman's on it. I saw it. He shared the ring with Stokely Hathaway. Really who good stuff. Is outstanding and actually. Maybe headed to WWE pretty soon. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he just had a like loser leaves town match in the Fed that he typically works in. Interesting. And he left town despite like he's mostly he's a wrestler, but he's like he's a manager. Yeah, he's a, a personality, but and he's great at it. Oh so, yeah. Like he, if he goes to NXT, even if he's not a wrestler, he will be like one of the most compelling on-screen characters on that show. Well, and I think this is an opinion that you and I both have, is that managers in general are just woefully underused in, like, current landscape WWE. Oh, yeah, it's insane that Paul Heyman is the only one other than, like, Lana. Is and he even Lana only, is a wrestler now. Is he the only male manager, Paul Heyman? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? But I guess I mean, Paul Ellering. But. And, like, Titus is kind of a manager right. in some ways. Right, but, I mean, yeah. he's a tag team wrestler also. That's but, right, if Lana yeah. doesn't count. Regardless, I would love to see more of them, and Stokely Hathaway would definitely be a good addition to that pile. Justin, do you want to know what the three rounds we are going to talk about this week? I would love to know. I mean, you could probably guess, but in round number one, Justin, for 15 minutes, we're going to recap SummerSlam. Ooh. But only, only don't get too excited, Justin, because it's the raw side of SummerSlam. Oh. Which is maybe the weaker side? I would say so. Yeah, and then in round number two, we'll uh, dive on into the other half. The other side of the coin to that SummerSlam equation, which is the SmackDown side of SummerSlam. Justin, we'll dive into our news and notes from that. Ooh. <laughs> you looked surprised in yeah. person. You thought maybe no summer, no uh, SmackDown. Oh, well, yeah. I thought we might skip it entirely. <laughs> we indeed are not, Justin. We're also not skipping a review of NXT TakeOver, which went down Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, seems... So far away now. Oh, my God. Which, why wouldn't it seem that way when I, like I just said, there's been 12 hours of wrestling content just from WWE, never mind all the other shows that were this weekend. Like, And I don't know why. La- yesterday when I got home from work, I had like an hour and a half to kill, and I just ended up watching CM Punk versus Austin Aries, which is like an hour-long match I from Ring of Honor. That. And I was just like, so I don't know. How am I going to complain about this when I'm still like doing it in the off time? Well, can we talk about one thing that you and I did watch also on Saturday, which despite the fact being before TakeOver oh, yeah, when we watched, definitely. Uh, was so good that I have almost more vivid memories of it than I <laughs> do have a lot of matches that took place on TakeOver. Yeah, please. And that is, uh, like, WWE Network had, like, a documentary series, which I think is called Chronicle. Chronicle. Yes. And it was just called Chronicle Samoa Joe. That's right. Uh, and it's basically a documentary that follows Joe and does a series of interviews with him between the time of, like, WrestleMania of this year, and it capped off 
with last week's SmackDown yeah. and the build to this SummerSlam. So, uh, in fact, if you watched the full documentary, you got, like, an exclusive go-home promo for the SummerSlam match that really? never even went on television. So how much of it do you think I watched at your place? Maybe the first 20 minutes? Uh, we probably watched, like, the first 12 or so. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's all I've seen, but I have full intention of going it's back and rewatching fantastic. it. fantastic. So and, yeah, dude, at the end of SmackDown last week, you know how we talked about with Caitlin that it was a very weird way to go off the air? That's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not when the cameras stopped rolling. The rest of it, well, some of it went to online as, like, a WWE.com exclusive. Which you are got, all terrible, you by got the way. AJ Styles retort oh, great. to Samoa Joe reading the letter as the WWE.com exclusive oh. like extended a version. Yeah. But then in the documentary, you get Samoa Joe like cutting a promo back at him again and going off like staring directly into camera, setting up this match. That is so, so they had awesome. a money promo, like a real way to end the show. But I guess the show just like ran over and they're allowed to run over on Raw, but, but I guess not SmackDown. Right, that is true. Uh, it's interesting because WWE has what? The 365, 24. And they're all the same and, thing. Yeah, it's basically the same, but Justin, please correct me if I'm wrong because this is definitely your space. To me, at least, the layman, the production values and just the way this was shot felt a little higher end than either of the other two I shows. I would say so for sure. It, yeah, I, I don't even like, know if I could put into words why that was. The framing uh, was good. Yeah, and very like tight the quality on of Joe. the camera. I, I loved the interview that's like at his parents' house yes. in his mother's kitchen. And Joe is framed in the foreground, like taking up most of the left side of the screen. And his mom is at the table sitting behind him. Yeah. And she keeps like piping in. And she just seems like the sweetest woman. <laughs> she really And they does. have a great relationship. <laughs> and Joe talks about things like how uh, his family, he comes from a family of like dancers. They're, That's right. They did a, 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 a touring dance troupe basically where they did all these uh, cultural dances that are native to like the Pacific Islands. Yeah, Polynesian dances yeah. I think is how he Exactly, yeah. Polynesian dancing and they do like a specific dance for every single island and they went around touring doing all these things and this is how Joe grew up. Yeah. He was doing this as a child. He has a tremendous line in there saying that he's like I'd already been all around the world before I'd ever laced up a pair of wrestling boots. And, yeah. Like, I thought that was great and, the, the and only, his mom is a scene stealer. Yeah, he like if you, I mean everybody already likes Samoa Joe. Yeah. But, like, nothing will endear you yes. more to him yeah. than watching this documentary. Yeah. So, uh, it's great stuff. It doesn't take all that long. It's about 40, 45 minutes, I think, or so. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. And it's fantastic. Definitely worth the time. I know asking you to watch even more after <laughs> the weekend that just went down sounds extreme, but uh, this one is worth it. Uh, but with that, I think we yeah. can probably move on. I do want to say that... Uh, the screening at the Brixton was a success. Yes, I, that was that was literally what I was about to say. Uh, a small enough bar that like a small enough group of people who are that into wrestling feels really alive. Yeah, we had uh, probably like twenty people there by the time the main event rolled around twenty five or so. In like in a, for a place like that, how many people do you think it sits? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, probably not over fifty. Probably, no, about forty five. Yeah. Or so. So, you know, small bar, uh, mm -hmm. but we had it on, and there were probably six people who were there for the entire show more from than start be, to finish. More than would be at the Brixton on a Sunday normally. It definitely like picked up in the back half of the card, though. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah and we had, a, we had a good crowd by the end. If you're a savvy wrestling fan, honestly, and you want to go watch part of a live pay-per-view, mm -hmm. I think it maybe makes the most sense to go for, like, the last two and a half hours, something like that. Yeah. Like, Though you, I will say... 
I had a great time. Yes. Oh, f- for sure. I'm just saying if you're not like an absolute diehard like you and I, if you're just like a casual wrestling fan, you want to be smart about it and walk away enjoying it most, mm-hmm. you probably don't need the six-hour experience. No, probably <laughs> not, ultimately. Though, uh, yeah, it was such a success. I do want the people to know. Yeah. We are going to be doing this again. There we go. So, come on down. Uh it's, you know, Hell in a Cell? Not, maybe not for Hell in a Cell. Okay. It, it might just be the big, I would say five, sure. because I will fight to include money in the bank Good on that man. list. That's what I like to hear. Uh, maybe six if there's a particular card that jumps out, like, say, No Mercy did last year. Right, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be... Uh, sorry, Justin. No Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were getting at. Uh, something that happens again, and I hope that people come out and support it, because... Yes. Uh, it was a bunch of fun for me to do, certainly. Well, and the bigger it gets, the more we can also, you know, you can draw from local wrestling talent and things of that nature. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Builds us a bigger profile in the local wrestling scene, certainly. Another way you can support us is always to head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. Uh, we've got two uh, retro reviews going up this month. Yeah, uh, one of them sh- is up by the time you hear this. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, and that is Doug Crapp's commissioned. Uh, I can't even remember the pay-per-view right now. It was now. WWF right. St. Valentine's Day Massacre <laughs> from 1999. Now tell me watching that doesn't feel like it happened a decade oh, ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my God. that We could have done that. Yeah, before I even met you is when we recorded <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure. And with all that out of the way, I think we could jump in to round number one. One. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, SummerSlam has uh, come and gone, as the kids like to say. You might say the sun has set on this summer. Okay. <laughs> you found it in the end. Sorry about that. No, that's good. <laughs> not not my best work. Let's jump right into the card, Justin. People, they, they want us to talk about the matches. They don't care about the preamble. No, they don't. They know that the show happened. We already talked about that in the intro. Why am I even talking about yeah, it? Yeah, it's they, like they... you said we were going to get into it, and yet we're still talking about it's it. It's time. To just get into it, I think. Enough <laughs> with the chitter chat. I agree. Let's get this chatter out of the way. On the Raw side, Jess, we'll just include them here. I don't have a ton to say about it, but uh, Cedric Alexander retains the Cruiserweight Championship against Drew Gulak. What do you think of this? I-, I liked the match. Yeah. It was very good. It was probably the best match on the pre-show. In fact, I don't think yeah. there's any contest yeah. <laughs> that it was. It was probably one of the better matches on this show as a whole. In terms of in-ring stuff, I would say. Maybe. I don't know. I loved the ending sequence. I wasn't, like, too chalked up with it before uh, the last maybe two minutes or so. But, yeah, it was it was really good. I just felt like going in, not that I have anything against him. And, I mean, he's only had the belt since WrestleMania. So, it's not like his reign is going on, like, a year or something. Yeah. It just feels like Cedric has been the guy on that show for a little while. And I'm ready for... A heel champion. I'm willing to say that I don't like him. Uh, really? Yeah, because I was watching 205 Live when Enzo Amore was the champ. And mm. I don't like him as a wrestler, but it definitely added like some sort of sizzle of interest, I think, in some capacity. Because a villain is on the top of the food chain. Maybe that's it. Especially with him, it's just like this guy who can't wrestle, surrounded by... You know, in a theory, bunch of the best guys good who wrestlers. are very good wrestlers. Whereas in the Cedric reign, I have felt, and I don't know, maybe you'd feel differently, but I felt zero, I've felt compelled zero to go watch 205 Live at all in the past. I don't even know the last episode I've watched. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's probably true of me as well. I keep hearing that, oh, you got to watch these main events. Right. At the very least. And I bet they're the good. the preamble of the show and get right into the good stuff at the end. I keep hearing, like, these are the best matches of the week, sometimes yeah. on any television at all, not just WWE. But again, when there's just so much television and I can barely find time for exactly. NXT, why am I going to find time for 205? Yeah, that's... But 
I want a reason to watch it. I was watching it when they did the format change when it was tournament based. That's again, right. In the lead you up were to big on winning. it. Yeah, I loved the show at that point. And maybe it's just that I'm busier now, but sure. it's hard to find time. This match, if you were to watch it, and it was like to make the case for the show, mm-hmm. I don't think it was great enough that like I'm sold. And maybe part of that is who won also. Because, That's yeah. Like it should have been Gulak. I think we are firmly Gulak men in this room. <laughs> Gulak we, guys. Yeah, Gulak guys. Oh God, why didn't I do that? <laughs> no, men was much better. <laughs> <laughs> We're part of the Drew crew. Hey, you there found we go. it. You found it. Uh, Good, better, best. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but so it's disappointing that he didn't win. But also, just you know. I don't know. When you combine the way this match ended with the way the tag match ended, yeah. it was two roll-ups in a row, basically. And I and that shouldn't cheapen this match because it came before. That's right. Um, I just don't, you know, when I look back in the end, they kind of are bled together in the way that they share similar endings. It's not identical, obviously. That's right. But I do know, I'm sure somebody can point out an exception, but in general, I don't like the baby face winning on a sneaky roll-up. Like, if you have to do that finish, I get it if it has to be a heel, but why is Cedric Alexander who can do just every... That, that pop-up yeah. lung blower is one of the dopest spots. Exactly. Like, it's just very confusing the to me. The entire appeal of Cedric Alexander is, like, the amazing things he can do. That's exactly it. And the match just ends out of nowhere. Be like a, yeah. Uh, you, you brought them up moments ago. We might as well roll into it. Uh, the B team... <laughs> Speaking of disappointing results, uh, defending successfully against the Revival in what I'm comfortable calling as the, the stupidest fucking finish I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the finish for as like a comedy thing. Yeah. And it does present the Revival as being better than the B team. Yes. Which I like as well. And they furthered on Raw this week. But it cheapens things for them, especially when you hit the Shatter Machine like 15 seconds into the match and get an immediate kick out. That should be one of the most killer moves in all of tag team wrestling. Well, it, it looks a, like it is. It wasn't a kick out. They just hit the the inactive man. Oh. So Axel's just buried for the whole match. But you're a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan. You know as soon as you've seen the finish and it's not on the active guy. Yeah. It's like... Well, especially if you see the finish... 30 seconds in. That's exactly it. So I thought there could have been an interesting story told with like a 2v1 thing, but if the Revival were supposed to be like the most seamless tag team on Earth, on Raw you have them winning both singles matches, and then 2v1, they can't beat Bo Dallas, who's presented as just a comedy character? Mm -hmm. I hated this. I didn't like it worth a lick. Yeah, I mean... Again, I didn't have a problem with the finish. It was kind of a funny visual thing, but... Uh, it's another roll-up. It's two roll-up wins in a row. That's right. To open a show. I guess Rusev and uh, Andrade opened the show technically. We'll talk about them later. But, uh, you know, kind of a strange note to end on to head into the show. Like it totally I, you was. haven't built my anticipation <laughs> for the main card in any way. <laughs> Not in any meaningful way. Yeah. Like it's it's insane. And I think we're both sad that this B team thing is going to continue because <sighs> boy, it is so manufactured. I could do 15 minutes on the B team. Yeah, it's manufactured's exactly right. I, and I know we don't have the time to fully get into it, but the piping in of crowd noise into the intro music is so lame and pandering. I just I don't like it very much, Justin. I hate to speak so strongly, but I do not like it. No, uh you're not out of line there at all honestly it's, it's yeah it's 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 just so there's nothing organic about it <laughs> no. they're trying you said this before they're trying to present them like they're heath and rhino and they're just and it, they're not they're not at all in no way uh justin as much disdain as i had for that i think you equal my disdain or double it in this next match is bro- oh sorry go can ahead. i say one more thing about the beat yeah please i actually liked 
the segment that everybody derides, that everybody said is like the worst thing. Oh, the food of fight of the year. Yes, the food fight. Yeah, like I, I there's something, there's something real about that scene, the, and the, and it's that they are pathetic. <laughs> They're the, the whole thing. That's the whole reason for that segment, right? Is that nobody likes them. Yeah. So they've invited all of these losers to their loser party. That's right. And like, and that's what works about it is that there is like funny comedy. In their desperation. Agree or but, disagree that Rhino makes that segment? Oh, Rhino for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely he does. But there's no desperation in their presentation now. There's no, no There's no lovable losers. I mean, they're still a comedy act, but like they, they're unbeaten. Yeah. The, like, people can't beat them. Exactly. It's sort of like Domino in Deadpool if she was a champion, where it's like everything around her is what's making her the champion. Yes. It's unsatisfying in wrestling, but very satisfying in Deadpool 2, still in theaters in <laughs> Vancouver. Uh, Justin, Braun Strowman retaining the money in the bank against Kevin Owens. I'm just going to let you go here, because I think I probably just echo your thoughts. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely hated it. Now, keep Braun strong, I guess. <laughs> sure. I, I, I mean, that's why it happened this way, right? But why would you tease out? For an entire month, why have the stipulation? He's gonna get counted out, or he's gonna get DQ'd. They didn't tease a finish like that at all. Two minute squash. He trucked him twice with two shoulder blocks and pinned him with one running power slam. And Kevin Owens comes off looking terribly because he doesn't hit a single lick of offense in the entire match. Yep. And he deserves better. He has spent the last four months making Braun look incredible. He has sacrificed his body in. Every measurable way. And dignity. He's been thrown off one of the biggest ladders I've ever seen in my life. Yep. He's been thrown off the top of a cage through the announce table. Yep. Yeah, like you said, his dignity has been compromised. He's been covered in goop and had a a toilet knocked on him and just all these awful things. And ultimately for what? So that his character can be... Demolished. How are you ever going to take Kevin Owens seriously ever again after this? Well, only the, uh, the only reason I'll disagree with you there is because I think Kevin Owens is good enough to get you to believe in him again. Yeah. But from a booking standpoint, how could you possibly be more correct? Like, wh- why would a person be behind Kevin Owens at all right now? Like, if you just started watching wrestling, mm-hmm. and Jess Norman asked us a question like this a while ago, why would I care about the universal title? If you just started watching wrestling, Kevin Owens is a true bum. Like, what can he do? Can't do anything. Nothing. Uh, so they, in my opinion, have to give him something meaty. I mean, Sami Zayn has somehow done better for himself just being off TV since the breakup that Kevin Owens has. Oh I, yeah, it's it's a heartbreaker, man. And uh, and yeah, like he deserved better. He's done such great work in this feud that why would the ultimate reward for him be? pure annihilation. Well, and I would have been fine with a failed cash-in. Lots of ways to do that, but at least you make him look savvy or something. Like, I don't know. And we'll talk about the main event, but I think just bronze insertion into there just... It's funny because you remember like two months on the show ago, two Mm. months ago on the show... We were saying how much, you know, oh, this is probably what's going to happen. Braun will just go to cash in, and that'll cause something for Roman to beat Brock. Did we say that? Yes. No. Remember, we, we were saying that the triple threat was like, oh, now that Braun's won it, that's – we thought, I think, that they were going to make it a full triple threat. Oh, yeah, threat, yes, yes, exactly. But basically that Brock wouldn't uh, be the reason that Brock gets pinned yeah. and Roman would go on to be champion. That's true. We did say that. And it's like we got so hyped based off of this Kevin Owens thing, so maybe we just got worked into having more attention. But for myself, when I – the sail, the wind was really out of my sails when I found out that Braun, Braun had retained this bank, money and, in the bank. And it sucked. Yeah, the match was The worthless. match was terrible. Like, how are you not having Kevin Owens wrestle? I mean, this, you can say the same about a lot of guys, but it's just like, 
Just like if there's one heel, you have a lack of heels on Raw. There are almost none. Yeah. If there's one guy who you should not be sacrificing to make look like a complete goober, Kevin Owens is that guy. You you said it in our chat this week, but like Jinder could have been in that role. Any lower level heel could have been in that role. Exactly. And, and then you could have Owens wrestle, and I think that would have been for the better. Uh, let's talk about your favorite wrestler, uh, Constable Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of squash matches. Yeah. This one I actually like. Getting throttled by the demon Finn Balor. Yeah. In uh, minute 35, says Wikipedia. Yeah, and again, just like Kevin Owens, he had zero offense. So Did not hit a single move. I Not even a punch. No, Not even a kick. Not nothing at all. Just And I thought this was the right booking, to be clear. I agree. I don't like the demon in general, but I do like that they're having this demon shows up at SummerSlam thing going. Like, if this can manifest into, like, an Undertaker Street kind of thing, where it's like, Balor wins at SummerSlam because the demon loves summer the demon is just so flawed like i'm sorry it is I'm, just i was happy to see it come back it's fun right the entrance is is good yeah but and also like after a long stretch where finn has been presented as you know a mid-card guy yeah like a weak character he needed a showing like that That's to true. establish like he is above that at on occasions, the week was good for Finn. I thought even on Monday, like that. Helped yeah, well, exactly. Him. That's the, he needs a demon yeah. showing like that to be elevated into that space. And you know what else I'll say about that? Yeah, man, it was great to watch Roman work against someone who is not like a <laughs> super heavyweight like yeah. Rock. Yeah. Like you really appreciate how strong he is when he is doing lifting power moves on a guy the size of Finn Balor. It's like. Oh, yeah, I can actually get behind this guy as a wrestler yeah, because that, he's working against someone he can do actual moves to. That lifting sit-out powerbomb, like, I think everyone likes that move. Like, mm -hmm. it always looks devastating yeah. on small guys. Um, do, am I looking at it too close? Because I know in wrestling you always have to distance yourself a little bit. Am I being too hard on the demon character by being like, I, I just, I'm so lost with it. Like, how does the guy lose? Why does lose? it not happen all the time? Well, I, I even could get there like somewhat. it's just draining for him to do it. It takes so much out of his soul. But it's like, the, the explanation that Regal gave on NXT, and even with that, that promo of the monsters, are sort of like, well, you know, it sort of comes when it wants to. I kind of can get there, but it's like, how is the demon so content losing to Seth Rollins for five months? Yeah. It's like, Corbin brings this out of you? I, I, is that being too... I think, no, I think they needed it to go away for a while for us want to want to see it again. Sure, yeah. I mean, its previous appearance was in that horrible Bray Wyatt feud. It oh, <laughs> That was a horrible feud. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ronda Rousey. Uh, another squash match, if you like. Well, maybe not a full squash, but but close. I liked this one a lot. Yeah, I saw some people complaining about this match. Some people in our chat. In fact, Spencer at the bar was complaining about it as well. Even <laughs> though the whole time it was happening, he was thrilled with everything that was yeah. happening. Yeah. As soon as it was over, he was like, well, that sucked. No, it was super exciting. So Look, what were the chief complaints? We argued last week on this show, is Ronda actually great? Right. And in light of why watching St. Valentine's Day Massacre since we had that conversation, I'm going to say yes, she is. Oh, okay. Because we watched and did a live commentary on The Rock versus Mankind, Last Man Standing. Mm, yeah. The Rock maybe does five moves in that entire match, and he never repeats any of them. So I'm saying five moves total. I think it's less. The whole match is based on strikes, and The Rock is just literally the most electrifying man in <laughs> yeah. sports entertainment because there's something about his movements that are so unique yes. and intrinsically watchable. You I get are this comparison. You are drawn yeah. to him. He has physical charisma. Ronda has that off the charts. Yeah. And the fact that she only has maybe three or four moves 
doesn't really matter all that much because when she is on screen, and more specifically, when that bell rings and she's in the ring, you cannot look away from her. Well, listen, the the whole, like, people have to have large arsenal things is just one of the dumbest arguments that's ever existed in wrestling. Like, think of your favorite wrestler right now, mm-hmm. whoever who it is. They probably have three spots you can name. Like, mm-hmm. and, if it's, and if it's five, that's great. Stone Cold has two. Like, yeah. this, it, it's, it's what's going on in between the moves. And it's charisma, I think, no that question. makes a great wrestler more than anything. Ronda has it. Yeah, I, I, I was sort of surprised to see some negative backlash. I can only speak for myself. I find Ronda, I'm not quite willing to say she's a great wrestler, but she definitely is unique, and I would rather watch her wrestle than a lot of people. I was very into this and, and found it explosive. Um, and of course, we got the gross... Um, Oh, Alexa well, oh, thing yeah. where she like bends her elbow backwards, which just made the arm bar look grotesque. Yeah, she double jointed. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It always looks great. Uh, she did it with the disarmor, I think, with Becky Lynch. She did, yeah. Too. But this time it was like she, they used it as like a conceit as to like the disarmor doesn't affect me the way it does other people. Right. This time it was to like exacerbate the arm bar, <laughs> and when she snapped it in, I actually feared for her safety. Yeah. So great. She's hard hitting, and I think people forget from the Nia match. Ronda Selling was awesome in that match too. Like she didn't have to do much of it here, but but I think there's reason to think like if Ronda Rousey is committed to this game, and it sounds like maybe it is only a year long thing for her. Like she might want to go have children afterwards. But if she was committed to like a three year run, there's a lot of reason for optimism for me anyway. Mm-hmm. She just you know the problem might be a, a Brock thing of where do we go from here? That's right. Uh, Justin, should we talk about your f- uh, favorite feud of the past decade here? Sure. It finally came to an end. Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar. Well, we didn't talk about the IC title match. Oh, my goodness. Skip right over it. Well, we'll get to it after. Let's talk sure. about Brock and Roman here. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I, liked this match in some ways. I did not like the finish of this match. Right. Hard to like. Uh, because it came so abruptly. Yeah. And I get that that's the story, that Brock is distracted thinking more about Braun than Roman, and yeah. that cost him the match. I understand that's the story. But, you know, it opened identically to the Goldberg match. That's right, yes. Identical. Like, that's Brock's weakness. Yeah. Get him early. Which told a good story. Like, I actually appreciated that about it. So did I, yeah. And he kicked out, and, uh, you know, thank God. (laughs) I think a lot of people were expecting just a Goldberg match again, which obviously they can't do that. But it felt like they might. I would have liked to have seen Roman get more prolonged offense in, like, the first three minutes. That it was just, like, three Superman punch, three spears. Felt like... Very much what people don't like about this feud. But, and don't hate me, I found myself kind of into this match while it was going on. I don't think it was, like, a great match. I'm not going to go back and re-watch it or Man. anything. But, like, it felt like it had some gravitas. Like, the, the deadlifting Brock Lesnar for that powerbomb out of the chokehold twice in a row. Yeah. The crowd in the building might have been booing, but my bar was going crazy. That was a hell of a spot. Brock snatching the guillotine from the bottom. Like, yeah. and that was the shield defense. Like... Or the shield defense, or the spear defense. I, if you want to take complaints with this match, I will hear all of them because you can. Re- there's a lot that you can say because the expectations are sort of unprecedented in some ways. Like this feud isn't really like anything else that we've had in WWE ever. Yeah, I just part of me could not believe that they went off the air like that. Well, that that's the problem, right? It's like ob- like they. That's the admission of them knowing, right? And for those of you who may not have seen Roman Reigns, Prince Brock Lesnar, and how often, how quickly after do you think they're off air, Justin? 15 Probably within seconds? thirty to forty-five seconds. It, it, to me, it he felt shorter. Even yeah, he, no, it was probably a little longer. He okay. got the belt. He walked over to the you know the turnbuckle, climbs it, holds the belt in the air, yeah. does his pose with the belt up to the crowd. I don't know if they were all booing, but you know this is a crowd that was chanting "You both suck" <laughs> for most of this match. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? They got the tease 
of Braun Strowman, who was the biggest babyface on this show. And maybe that's why you have him squash Kevin Owens. But, like, there's no question that Braun Strowman is the number one star in this company. Yeah, yeah. There's no denying that. He's definitely the most over babyface. Biggest star? Yeah, so you essentially told this crowd that you're going to get what you want at the end, which is what Braun Strowman cash in. Yep. And you took it away and made... Brock or Braun kind of look like a chump in the process as well, which makes Owens look like an even bigger doofus because the guy it's that true. you sacrificed it's true. to make someone look strong or the, the guy who had someone sacrifice themselves to be made look strong ultimately doesn't look strong at the end of the show. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's it's very tough to get around that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, just let's talk about Dolphin Seth. I feel bad that I breezed right past that them. That was the show opener. Uh, the first thing on this show was Dean coming out. I, and so I thought... I'm going to admit, better match than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it maybe was not as great as some of their previous Raw matches. No, it, it wasn't. Uh, but it was a fun match. My only complaint would be that, you know, uh, A, I feel bad for Dolph, who had those dope tights made and then doesn't get to wear them anymore. <laughs> I loved those tights. <laughs> uh, with the Intercontinental title on the, the tights themselves. Absolutely. A yeah. throwback to Rick Rude. That's right. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, like, it just, I don't know. I to have the whole tease be, Dean's finally here. He's going to get involved. He did one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I could understand Now, maybe that. you can't go to the interrupting interference well too many times over the course of a match. But maybe more than just once yeah. would be good. I, I would hear that out. Yeah. It's, like, and, it, yeah. Silent Dean is... I, I get that they're trying to Has not... Has he spoken yet? No. They're yeah. really trying to not show their cards with him, which I think is interesting. I'm not saying he shouldn't have Maybe it was more. just to make the Shield reunion a bigger surprise. It's, it's uh, yeah, but I don't think the heel be, turn's coming for a while. No, I don't think so either. But him continuing to look like the man is. There was some definite overtime there, but hey. How long was that there round? Was some overtime on the uh, show as well. That's absolutely true. 20 minutes. Justin, I uh, I got to get on my, my pulpit here before we jump into round number one. Or round number two, I suppose. Sure. I, I hate to do this, but... I. I got a. I had a real problem with Triple H this past Monday on Raw. So did I. And I. I have a platform where this would be something years ago where I'd have to text my friends. Mm-hmm. But I have a place that I can be like, this guy is not right. Uh, so for those of you who may have missed it, he he came out and he basically was he was hyping up his match with the Undertaker that's happening in Australia in October. I believe. Yes, at the Great Showdown or the, the biggest Super Show, Super Showdown. Yeah, whatever. It's one of these. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but these shows. I don't like them. How do you feel? I'm looking forward to it. I think like the fact that you have these network events that are not pay-per-views. Right. Like, we kind of missed that when they had done something like Money in the Bank at Corpus Christi, or rather Elimination Chamber, uh, that couple years ago, and like the King of the Ring yes. tournament that they did. Uh, these and yeah, just these special shows that are not pay-per-views. Roadblock, the one in Toronto, yeah, that right. had a great main event. Yeah. Maybe Dean even better than the matches at WrestleMania for either of those. It's guys. the best Triple H match in. I couldn't even tell since you how Brian. long. Since yeah, Brian. Yeah. Well, no, Brian's before him. What's been the best Triple H match since him and Dean? I think there's nothing. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean the best one since the oh. one before. But here's what I got to say, Justin. Yeah, go for it. He, I know where you're going. He gets on Mike, and he's like, me and The Undertaker, we had something special. You know, we started an era, and we ended it. Okay. No, you didn't. Like, this is utter revisionist history. It was called the end of an era for a reason. No, like... 
Because it, after that, uh, the era was over. For he, anyone who was watching at the time, the, it was over with the double retirement of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Like, that's that's the end. Then Triple H gets involved in the feud, mm-hmm. and it continues on. And then him and Undertaker go on to wrestle every year forever. Like, it was no end of no era. Yeah. The, both of them have wrestled more manias than not since. And then you're also just burying all of your talent. Being like, well, ours, our era was special. It's, it's like... Dude, stop it. Like, your era... Also, he's not playing the character that he plays on Raw. At all. He was NXT Triple H all the way. It's just like, that isn't what happened. And this, like, posturing of, like, the Attitude Era being just the end-all, be-all drives me mental. But even more than that, Josh, I thought you were going to take this complaint a different way. Oh, okay. Because I hated this promo because... You know, how many times have we seen Triple H open a show and cut, like, a 15-minute promo? Yeah. Where he just talks and talks and Locks. talks. But it's it's pretty good. Like, yeah. the reason they give him that spot is he's a good talker. He's very good. I did not think he was a good talker in that promo. Sort of lost his way at he points. He definitely, like, seemed... Uh, there was, like, a 30 to 45-second stretch there where I thought he might have been concussed. <laughs> like, he, he was like... Not long after that, everything changed. The era was over. Sean retired. A couple years later, the streak (laughs) was over. As for me, I took off this suit. (laughs) Uh, uh, Hang on. I put this suit on. on. And I went to work. Uh, And uh, my work was... uh, 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 Now it's time to... (laughs) Uh, it's time to take this suit off. It's like a what, he he doesn't lose the plot like that in his promos. No, this is it. Felt like watching your favorite wrestler like start to get Alzheimer's. <laughs> essentially, like that's probably because he was lying, not telling the truth. <laughs> but he, he just felt like an old man in 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 his presence for the first time. You know what I mean? Ugh. I didn't like it at all. Just a big time jerk session. Yeah. I I didn't like that. That term was somebody that tweeted at us. They said, "What a jerk fest." And I was like, I fully agree with that. Yeah. So, not my thought. Uh, with that, Justin, I'm ready to dive on in to round number two. Round two. Fight. Tranquilo. Those were the words that uh, opened up the the pre-show this past Sunday, Justin. Yes. Uh, as Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega entered a mixed tag match against uh, two-thirds of Rusev Day, Rusev and Lana. Um, what did you think of this match? It was not the match I was expecting, Yeah, but that match happened on SmackDown, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's fine. I, I was kind of let down by this match. I thought Andrade and Rusev might have a little bit more magic in the ring together, and now, how much can you really show in, what, seven minutes it says it was here? Yeah, and they're splitting time with the women as well, That's so right. how long were they really in the ring for? Probably four and a half tops. Maybe less. Uh, I felt like Lana got the most uh, actual, like, in. I mean, she got the hot tag and whatnot, so she yeah. got the most offense in, which, I gotta be honest, man, that looked terrible. A lot of Lana's offense does not look good. Yeah, and, like, credit to Zelina for trying to make Lana look good, but yeah. that's uh, her task. I couldn't understand what the line of thinking was there, having Zelina get in no offense. Because at a minimum, she can do a Rana. And, like, people have told me she has this career. So she must be able to do she moves. She used to wrestle for TNA. So wh- She was brought in to be the stunt person playing Paige. Right, right. So, in the Paige movie. So how is she just selling for the entire time? Like, Lana's offense looks awful. Like, that face buster, like, the Irish whip, she just pushes the back of the head. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I thought it looked really bad. Uh, Like, really, like unworthy of being in a WWE ring. I mean, it's the opener. And honestly, of all the matches that were on the pre-show, 
that probably was the right one to open with. Yeah, the only one where a title wasn't on the line. But I guess my mind is just I want Andrade more elevated than that. But but you know, in good time. I, I get like I guess I mean what I mean by that is like it's the match on that show, pre-show that I was most interested in seeing. Oh yeah. So, okay, I see what you're so, saying. So like it, when the wrestling finally came around, which my goodness might have been 35 or 40 minutes <laughs> into the pre-show, <laughs> it was like okay, yeah, here we go. Justin, I hate to say this, but. Uh, I actually thought JBL was awesome on the pre-show this week. I actually thought he was too, and it, so was Peter Rosenberg. They were a good duo. J- JBL told this story about how, what Kevin Owens needs to do against Braun Strowman, where he was like, there was a point against The Undertaker in 2009 where I knew halfway through that match, physically, I couldn't beat the guy. He still had more in the tank, but I'm a champion. My mindset had to switch to, how do I leave with the belt? Kevin Owens needs to enter with that mindset tonight. And I was like... What the hell? That was awesome. Yeah, like, and this is really good. Rosenberg, when they were talking about the Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Carmella triple threat, yep. yes. was, was talking about how, you know, you know what? Contrary to what you're saying right now, JBL, the champ's odds of retaining in this match, I think, improved, yeah. not diminished with an additional opponent. And I was like, that's the correct point to make there. It's, yeah, so. It and he was, they both had good presence. Mm-hmm. I do like that they kept them separate from everyone else. Yeah, it, which I wonder if is maybe intentional because they had that dumb show on the WWE Network which name is escaping me right now. Bring it to the table. Thank you. So they probably have some sort of existing dynamic. Maybe they say they like working with each other. You got to give credit where it's credit's due. I, I, I was watching the pre-show and they were much better than the desk, I thought. Exactly, and if we're going to rip on Peter Rosenberg and JBL all the time, we also have to shout them out when they're good. And, no question. And they were here and it pains me to admit that and maybe we'll... You know, be called sellouts by the fan base, Josh. Yeah. But them facts is what they is. I also want people to know I will definitely sell out for money. Like, the second that becomes a a possibility for this show. Yeah, we didn't even know that was an option. (laughs) (laughs) If if there's a chance I get $5 to say Peter Rosenberg Mm -hmm. is literally the best person, that's five bucks in my pocket, folks. Look, I'm not in it for love. (laughs) I mean, I'm not in it for money is what I meant to say. (laughs) No, you didn't. I guess that was a Freudian slip, and my true nature was revealed there. We both got exposed as evil doers. We'll move right along. The New Day wrestled the Bludgeon Brothers in what I think you would have to call the best Bludgeon Brothers match. By far. I mean, like, I was, and we were watching this one together at the bar. I think we were both really into this mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. Now, the finish, I could understand finding lackluster, where the Bludgeon Bros realize that, hey, the New Day's getting some momentum. Let's just call it. And they smoke them with the hammers. No, not the Bludgeon Brothers do not do that. Only Eric Rowan and Luke Harper was right. pissed. Yes, correct. Which is why I liked the finish. Yes. Like, you know, otherwise it seems kind of cheap to do a disqualification ending mm-hmm. on a pay-per-view when, like, this is where we're supposed to blow stuff off, guys. Not on the TV afterwards, right. but at the big show that actually matters. <laughs> which they're, it does. Gonna, they're not going to feel like they matter if you don't. Give us blow-offs anywhere. That's right. Uh, but I thought, you know, what's our complaint about the Bludgeon Brothers always? We don't ever see them wrestle. Yeah, they've it's, never had a standout yeah, match. Five-minute matches, which are squashes or DQs. The or irony <laughs> is they finally had it, and <laughs> Rowan got injured immediately, and they're probably done because he's going to be on the shelf forever, as he always is. i got to take this time to just say that uh, I'm sorry for underrating the New Day for so long. The New Day are the best tag team of this generation. The New Day are underrated in-ring. I don't think Xavier Woods. They're still great on the mic. They're, I mean, they're elite. Man, Xavier's elbow drop to the outside. The limit breaker. Unbelievable. Yeah. So How often do you see 
somebody try to do that and it just turns into basically like a double axe handle. Because All the time. They always just want to land on their feet. Which I don't blame them. Yeah, of course. Why would you make a drop like that onto your butt? Unless you're Mick Foley. <laughs> or apparently Xavier Woods because yeah, it was awesome. It, it, and calling it the limit breaker, like the Final Fantasy VII strongest move is, is really good stuff. Uh, yeah, I just... The New Day are awesome. Like, the New Day are awesome. Mm -hmm. They are good at wrestling. They I, have great tag matches I, all the time. The only way the DQ finish worked for me, like I said earlier, is that it actually told a story. Mm. It planted seeds of this team not being on the same page. That's right. That, that like... Luke Harper wanted the competition. Yeah. That he saw them being pushed to the limit, and he loved it. And Rowan took the cheap way out. Absolutely. Uh, this was pointed out on Twitter. I, I maybe you saw it. Did you get that the New Day's gear are the three Sonic members: Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles? I did not see that. So if you go back and you look at a picture of them, it's like the fast one is Kofi, and he's dressed as Sonic. The strong one is Knuckles, and Biggie has like all the red and the Knuckles on the side. And the smart one, like the ingenuitive guy on the outside, is Xavier, and he has Tails' his tails on his butt. That's so crazy. Uh, and this was pointed out on Twitter and I thought it was just like sublime. Uh, they always do that sort of stuff. Speaking of, we didn't even mention Seth Rollins was dressed as Thanos. Oh, awesome too, yeah. Spectacular. He wrestled with that one gold boot again this week on Raw. I, I loved it. it. Yeah, I loved it. It's sort of like a hearkening. I don't even know if he means it this way, but to the half blonde thing, do you think mm. that's how he means it? I don't think so. Yeah, it, but it kind of worked I, for it him. Was, it's the power gauntlet, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what it's uh, supposed to represent, but like... Man, I love that vest that he wore. Oh, yeah. Our buddy Desharm, former guest on this show, was just tearing into yeah, it. Yeah, I thought in it was cool. Group chat, but I don't think he's seen Avengers, so he probably didn't catch the reference. Yeah, and he's a giant idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. I tell him all the time. <laughs> it's very true, folks. He certainly does that. But you're being dumb because <laughs> of your low IQ. Uh, but yeah, no, I, this uh, match. You'd think we'll continue this feud, yeah. but that didn't happen because Rowan blew out his tricep. Yeah, I don't know where you go now. You have to find a home for Luke Harper, a guy who's just been – you want to talk underused. I mean, it felt like, like you say, the disappointment is it feels like he's hitting his stride there. Anyway, I know Deshaun's listening. I love you, Deshaun. I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, – but, uh, unbelievable showing by Rowan on SmackDown oh. for a guy who blew out his bicep <laughs> to be doing that. People, he almost did more in that match than he did on the pay-per-view. Do you remember I said this right after the Randy Orton and him street fight happened on SmackDown? I was like, people keep sleeping on how hard Eric Rowan is willing to go because he wrestles so infrequently and he's thought of as mostly sort of a joke, like the yeah, obvious B-side. He probably thinks he has so much to prove. That's right, but like, he goes ham. Like, Eric all Rowan. Day, all night. There is no quitting Eric Rowan. He's like, oh, I'm going off T for injury? Oh, how about I just brutalize myself? That big booty daddy was, like, just determined to work his butt off. And uh, respect to him. And I guess it's back on the new, the title's back on the new day, which I'm and sure to see where they go. Hey, as sad as this is, it creates an opportunity. We got the Good yeah. Brothers back on TV again. Yeah, sanity. And the bar, man. Like, yeah. why isn't the bar on television all the time? Yeah, and then even Bludgeons, if they do return as a tandem, can come back and say, hey, we never lost exactly. them. Exactly. Oh, let's talk about this triple threat, Justin. I mostly care about talking about the ending as uh, Charlotte Flair get, regains the SmackDown women's belt taking out Becky Lynch and Carmella. The match was fine. It was nothing really to write home about. It Certainly was the best match Carmella's been in in a while. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but with the, the other two involved, yeah. so how could it not be? Not actually a compliment to Carmella. Exactly. Um, but let's just skip straight to the finish because yeah. that's all there is to talk about. Becky has the disarmor locked in. It looks like she's going to win. Instead, she gets hit by the uh, natural selection yep. and gets pinned by Charlotte for the one, two, three. Three pinned Becky, which actually really upset me, mm -hmm. but clearly really upset Becky. 
Becky as well. <laughs> it because sure did. she got up and immediately, well, not immediately, she celebrated with her at first. They yeah. hugged it out. And then she just slugged her. Finally snapped and had enough of Charlotte's BS. And it's about darn time, if you ask me. Did you buy the co-celebrating for even an instant? I did, actually. Oh, really? I okay. thought for a second they weren't going to do it. Sure. Because I know that ultimately they are planning to work towards a four-horsewoman versus four-horsewoman right. match here down the line. Mm-hmm. So I thought they would keep this kind of uneasy partnership going in much the same way they're doing with uh, Sasha and Bailey on Raw. Yeah. Uh, instead, they are going to have to reconcile in some way. Or maybe that well, will be the story of the match, is that the MMA MMA four horsewomen, in fact, have the advantage mm-hmm. because they're all on the same page. In some ways, that's the only way you can do that feud, I think. Like, is anyone going to buy that Jessamine Duke can compete with Charlotte Flair? Yeah, she got trained by Roddy Strong. So oh, great. Course, I yeah, 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 yeah. Marina Shafir is going to mop the floor with Sasha Banks. Like, it's – they have to – Or so is Marina s- the one who's with Roddy Strong? Okay. Marina. Actually, oh, they, yeah. they both are. They, but Marina oh. is married to Roderick Strong, but Jessamine Duke is training under Roderick Strong and Brian Kendrick. Oh, okay. So I got so. that right anyway. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, not much else for me to when say. When you said here. they both are, I was like, "That's a hell of a marriage." <laughs> How do I sign up for hey, that? No, no judgment here. <laughs> I just want to say, however you get married, your boy's here with you. Um, we'll do a full round on Becky Lynch next week. I think for Justin. sure. Yeah, but, but like, I'd like you to make your point here that I do think is good about. She was the second biggest baby face on this show behind right. Braun Strowman. Not even close. Ahead of Daniel Bryan. Yep. Ahead, like. The reaction that she got for finally attacking Charlotte, because it's relatable. We are all the plucky underdogs who have to fight tooth and nail for everything that we get. A lot of the time. We are not the sons of or daughters of kings yep. who get handed everything because of who we know and what our name means. Uh, there is so much to relate to in Becky Lynch. There is nothing to relate to in Charlotte. There is so much to relate to in the fact that she would be mad yes. about everything that's happened. This is not a heel turn. It's a justified action of somebody that you still want to cheer for, which Brooklyn did both on that <laughs> night, gave her just a queen's reception, the biggest Last star night too, behind man. Braun, and even when she was trying to heal up on them on SmackDown, again, with Refused to boo her, which, God, what a strange visual and audio that is when she's basically saying, you people, did you support me the entire time that I was struggling? And they're all chanting, yes, yeah, yes, I love you. yes. And she's like, well, uh, <laughs> you, don't, you didn't love me. And they're all cheering wildly for yeah. her. You cannot continue this as a heel turn. Like, you cannot come out and continue to act like people want to boo her. They don't. They're not going to. It's not going to stick because, like, how it's not a central part of Roman Reigns' character that the audience loves him, That's right? That's right, yeah. Like, the, the argument that Mike was giving me back when I said this can't continue as a heel turn, longer than three weeks, four weeks max, they're going to realize it doesn't work. Like, for a baby face who gets booed, you can just say that they're a tweener, that That's they're, right. Riding, they're riding the fine line, they're right in the middle, they're a badass. Yeah, say what, what they you want. want. Exactly. It's not a central component of Roman's character that he is beloved. It is a central component to any heel that they are hated. That's right. And you, so you can have a babyface who gets booed. I, didn't rec- I don't recommend it, but you can <laughs> have one. You can't have a heel that gets cheered. I don't have much to add because we are going to do a full round next week. I do just want to say this, and if someone thinks I'm wrong, please tweet at us. 
I can't think of a, a woman on the main roster getting a bigger reaction. Uh, not Asuka, not Ronda, not Sasha Banks. I can't think of a single, including like a Ronda Rousey debut or an Asuka call-up. I can't remember a crowd being as hot for a female member on the main roster. And I think that's a giant credit to Becky. She's a bigger star than Ronda, yeah. Well, I don't know. A you, bigger reaction. That's right, yeah. Uh, we got to talk about Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, Justin. I know we're running out of time here. I loved this match. I know people are complaining about the ending. I loved the ending. Uh, I loved the promo in the middle of the match. I thought Joe delivered a line that both would anger someone to the point of DQ, and he did it in a way that was fully believable. Yeah. And this feud's only been going for three weeks. Exactly. Like, I know I said earlier that you have to give us some meaningful payoffs here. Yeah. But, like, not in a story like this. We but, all yeah. expected this story to continue, this you know? Was, this was my match of the night. Did, did I strongly... Uh, okay. Actually... I don't know. I really liked it, but yeah. I would actually say that my match of the night is the only one left that we haven't talked about. Uh, there's a few. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there's Brian and Miz. Which That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, we will get there, I promise. Okay. Uh, but why, why don't we talk about Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy real quick? Yeah. Because that, that bump deserves uh, some talking about uh, as Jeff Hardy does... Uh, what's the move? Uh, not the Swanton Bomb. What's Is it Twist of Fate? No, that's Matt Hardy. Whatever the, the top... I can't think of what the move is right now. Oh, my goodness. Having a total mind blank. But he does it to the apron, clearly smokes his head, and then bumps to the ground. And for a guy who it yeah. sounds like has been having major no, back it problems. No, was the, the swanton bomb, I'm pretty sure, wasn't was it? Was it? Yeah. I can't, I can't think of it in my mind right now. But Reg I felt like it wasn't. Regardless. Yeah, he did the flip and then landed himself on the apron. Yeah, not... Not a pleasant thing for anyone's body to have to the go through. The most brutal bump of the night. Oh, yeah, I, By far. Maybe yeah. the most brutal bump of the weekend. It's one of those things that won't get the credit it deserves because it didn't come from something high off enough. Yeah. But if you if you know what – like if you think about doing that to your body, I think everyone can appreciate how and awful it definitely was. definitely the right way to finish the match because yeah. he wouldn't be able to do anything after that. He, For sure. He killed himself essentially. Yeah. Uh, the right decision here, I thought, keeping it on Nakamura. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the wrong decision to bring Randy Orton after this match so that he can do nothing. What What is going on? Okay. <laughs> I understand the, the the logic to it. Okay. Well, Randy Orton's going to come out, right? And uh -huh. he's going to attack Jeff Hardy. Right, and we all expect that. He's going to do the RKO. And people will cheer because they love the RKO. Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, built off of his refusal to do the RKO. Uh-huh. But, like, at least just come out and actually beat him down and tease that you're going to do the yeah. RKO and then walk away. I get if that, you're gonna too. you're going to come out and then walk away... Why did that happen? It was such a weird, deflating moment on this show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I fully get that. He's like, oh, I'm not going to give you what you want. But what, 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 you're just coming out there to do nothing? Like, what is the character motivation to come out and just stand? Like, it, it made no sense to me. Let's jump into the one you love, Justin. I think your match of the night. Uh, My match of the night for the sure. The Miz beating Daniel Bryan. Which we both predicted. Yeah, that's right. That's the right way to go. If you're going to do this as a long-term feud, then what is Daniel Bryan? The most classic underdog, basically, of all time. Yeah, he's going to be the archetype for that thing going forward. So he needs to be fighting from underneath. You yeah. cannot give him the advantage early, ever. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't mind if this, if this is going to be, like, a six-month, like, extended feud. Then make Miz continue to have the upper hand. I make me totally earn agree. Daniel Bryan's moment in the sun. Totally agree. I also didn't see anywhere near enough love and praise for Maurice on the internet. Uh... Maurice is so good and in that role. And she brings so much to his act. It, he misses her. He has missed her a lot. He, he 
definitely misses her. Like, when he went to ringside and, like, the slow kiss as she passes, it's also, like, creepy. And, like, he doesn't get to bring that out. I think part of the reason we hate him, like, when you think of them is you sort of think of him with Maurice or at least, like, that vibe. Do you think we get Brie versus Maurice one-on-one at uh, Evolution? I hadn't thought of that. That's a great question. But she's going to be back in wrestling five months after giving birth, which that's impressive. kudos to her. Yeah, I the more Maurice is with The Miz is better for me, whether she's wrestling or not. I mean, they did Zelina versus Lana as a build-up to that mixed tag. So, yeah, I guess I would say that I think it's probably likely. If it happens at Evolution, I don't know. But I would say Brie versus Maurice in a singles w- match. I would expect Maurice tag. to be on Evolution. And if she yeah. is, then that's the match yeah, to make. Yeah, I, right? I guess that, that's a very, very clean line of thinking. Uh, I thought this match was really good, though. I wanted it to was. say that. And it's funny. Uh, if you if people, the folks at home, have listened to our Patreon episode yeah. uh, on St. Valentine's Day Massacre, we talked about how uh, like Midian... <laughs> is an awful worker, but like, he stands out in some ways for at that time because you watch him run the ropes, <laughs> and so you're true. like, "Wow, look at that guy run the ropes!" <laughs> and it's so weird that like so the true. the level of work is so low that someone just running the ropes well is like a standout moment of the show. It really was though. We made fun of that on the St. Valentine's Day Massacre episode, and yeah. then I'm watching this Daniel Bryan Miz match. I'm watching Daniel Bryan run the ropes. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, "Wow." Look at that guy run the ropes. He's incredible at it. Yeah. He's, one, he's probably he might be the best guy ever at running the ropes. Yeah, and you watch him do it. It's oh like, no, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Man, I missed that. Yeah. Like there are just so many little things to watching Daniel Bryan that like I still appreciate every time I see them, and they are as simple as running the ropes. It, it's weird because there's this meta thing going on with the feud where I saw some people complaining. It's like, well, Miz clearly just like can't hit as hard and isn't keeping up, and it's true. I think to like the the like. Uh, tuned wrestling viewer, you can see that there is like a talent gap in ring before Daniel between Daniel Bryan and Miz. But it's exactly what Daniel Bryan talks about, too. So I'm not saying it's an excuse for the Miz here, but it does seem to sort of weave itself into the narrative of this feud in a way that I do find kind of compelling. Absolutely. So. And l- look, you know, I was not expecting a, a finality to this feud no. in this match. This is something that's going to continue for a long time. This is honestly a feud that will continue for the rest of these men's careers. That's right. And and has, like, as the video package pointed out, it's gone on for, what, they say, eight, eight years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so. It, there is just kind of an emotional payoff to the very fact that you're seeing these guys exchange blows in the ring at all. Well, and specifically to, like, the shared, now now shared move set. Like, the, the it kicks yeah, yeah. versus the yes kicks. Like, all that played out as I was hoping. And the, the finish doesn't bother me as much as it might have because this is now not just, like, some weaselly way that The Miz won a match. They're going to incorporate it into his gimmick going forward that he is the most powerful puncher in WWE. Especially as it sort of contrasts with Daniel Bryan talking so much about wanting to punch Miz in the face. Exactly. It's it's really good stuff. I hope what it gets he appreciated. He said on SmackDown, Daniel punched me 100 times. <laughs> but 100 I... punches from Daniel Bryan do not add up to one punch from the Miz. I, I hope people can excellent. App- I hope people can appreciate it, man. It, it reminds me a bit of the the New Day Usos last year, where it's just like every time these guys are doing something, I'm going to be compelled watch. by it. And I already see some people being like, "Oh, uh, it's not delivering." And I, do, I, I I don't know what you want. Like I really sometimes I just don't know what people are looking Again, for. Again, if this is going to go the distance, why would you give me your best stuff now, Justin? Overall. How did you feel about SummerSlam? A lot of non-finishes, which yeah. was weird for a big pay-per-view. And it went on. The pacing issues remain, like we said on the pre-show, and we're going to be saying on the next pre-show and post-show. Definitely. That is issue number one. But overall, let's ignore – actually, let's ignore the pre-show. Let's say if somebody just sat down for SummerSlam, what would you give SummerSlam? 
Uh, probably like a B. Yeah. It was a fun show. I was going to say B minus. So yeah. I think we're in like That's a similar. That's kind of where I was leaning also. I think we're sort of in a similar tier here where there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of feuds continuing in ways that I thought were actually good. WWE biffs on those things so often. It's yeah. like, oh, distraction finish. Like, honestly, the only thing holding it back from being uh, an A for me is the fact that, like, we came into this expecting so many angles. Yeah. You know? Like, I, what did I say last week and the week before? Like, the Owen stuff, SummerSlam yeah. is the moment where you have a heel come up big so that we can carry forward and know what our grand scheme plan is for the next six months right and we didn't really get that on SummerSlam. we got it on raw instead so it came but a little late that's about it yeah and that was roughly 15 minutes i have no idea i'm gonna check this time just roughly 15 minutes sure the people's 15 minutes i think (laughs) they call that longer than the raw one was it actually yeah how could that happen i have no idea we suck Oh. These pay-per-views are so long, though. It's so hard to like make any points. You want to get like in your takes. Minutes. Exactly. We're limited by the, the structure, but the structure is what keeps us alive. Yeah. We're well, s- we're we'll s- I'm sure we'll get back to it when we're not doing pay-per-view reviews. That's but probably true. I'm sure I don't even have 15 minutes worth of stuff to say about TakeOver. So maybe we'll make up for it with a shorter round in round, round number three. Round three. Fight. Madman, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for TakeOver Brooklyn 4, and it it just immediately strikes me how much longer the match times are per match here than they are for the main roster ones. Of course. It gives you time to get invested in the story being told. It's it's, it's almost... I mean, if you would have said, hey, Josh, guess which show has the longer matches? I would obviously say NXT. But something about just, like, seeing it all laid out like this, there's really something to that. Matches have to go longer than nine minutes if they're going to be good. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, we watched the Attitude Era pay-per-view recently, and most matches on that show were... You know, about nine minutes. And bad. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. that is that isn't but true. No, but, like, you can have a good match in ten minutes. Yes. You just need to push the pace. Can you have a great match in ten minutes? Mm, depends on the story. Mm. Like, I would say Lesnar Goldberg was a great match. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. That's probably that's under ten. seven and a half or yeah. so, I feel like. So I guess Six, there are maybe. exceptions. Because, yeah, it wasn't the joke that Goldberg came back and worked ten minutes total. I, I didn't hear that, but I heard something about, like, the dollars per minute that he had earned. And it was something just, of course, ludicrous, yeah, yeah. right? Like, his, his uh, contract divided by the minutes it, in ring. It can be done. You just need to sprint out of the gate. Like, the problem is right. they, they give matches, like, so little time. And then, you They're know. still trying to tell, like, a story with a beginning, middle, and end. Exactly. And, They're yeah. doing the kind of, I don't know, New Japan structure of, like, you have to work towards the moments that matter. And it's like, yes, I agree with that on some level. Sure. But you can work faster. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, I guess that's the, the beauty of it. Like, there's no, there's no perfect potion for this stuff. It's a little of that. It's just, but like, don't try to have the body structure yes. of a 25-minute match. If you only have 12 minutes. Yeah, that condensed is not good. Yeah. But elongated into an 18-minute tag match between the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. You thought this match was sloppy. I saw people raving about this match. I loved it. People are not going to like this take. I know it. I know people are going to like it because I saw all the love for it. Most people's we matches are the night. about it in person. In person. During the show. I, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite wrestlers Outstanding. on the roster. But, like, that missed punch botch was on Trent was really bad, I thought. 
I, I thought the match was, was pretty sloppy the first 10 minutes or so. The ending was awesome, undeniably. But I thought, I don't know, I thought it was kind of guys getting in the ring, doing moves, tagging in. I thought this was a clear step down from the TakeOver tag matches that we've seen, at least for the past couple TakeOvers. I was not surprised at all that Undisputed Era were awesome. Here, right, yeah. Because obviously it's Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> and, and Roderick, Roderick Strong. Strong. I thought Roderick was the best guy in the match. Amazing. I agree with that, in fact. And I can't wait for Roddy to turn babyface again when Undisputed Era eventually turns on him. Right. You know? Like, he's there to be betrayed eventually. It does feel that and way. He, and he will be. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe they come up to the main roster as a foursome. I'd rather see Cole exit as the babyface, to be honest. I don't think it's more likely, but I, I know Cole, people are like, oh, he has like this greasy thing about him. He has something about him that seems like a babyface people would cheer for, and I think they are in absolute deficit of that right now. Yeah, I just, I, this is a cool stable. Yeah. When was the last time we had a, like something like that? So They geez. just keep doing trios. Yeah. I can't even think of the last time a group had four people in it. I can only think of the Wyatts. Is there anyone else? Yeah, no. Wow. Yeah, Titus World. Well, Titus World, I would Dana, but that doesn't really count. That's, for- again, a trio. Because Tozawa is not even in the group Okay, anymore. yeah, I was thinking, like, they have. But, like, you're right. Yeah, four people, like, moved together. Yeah, it's been a while. So I hope they come up intact. Regardless, they were awesome in this match. What did surprise me yeah. was how dope Mustache Mountain were. Even even uh, Trent Seven. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. He had some great spots, but he had he some did. bad spots also. He I doesn't, will concede that. Old boy doesn't get the greatest vertical off stuff. That's very fair. <laughs> That's just but I'm just saying, like maybe Tyler Bate is so good yeah. that, that he can carry that. What I really liked about them is that they just had an energy where I'm watching their match and all I can think is, I got to see these guys work against the Revival. Yeah. I got to see it. Like, I I want it more than anything right now. Dude, don't you wish the Revival were still in NXT? (laughs) Yes. They're up there trying to drag the B team to something worthwhile. Yes. Now, look. Curtis Axel throwing forearms that look like they wouldn't hurt my six-year-old sister. They will will rise up the ranks eventually. Yeah. It will happen. I hope so. They are too good not to eventually get their time. I hope you're right. Maybe they got to earn their time in the sun. I hope you're right. But, you know, hang on. We will get there. It might take way too long than it should, but we will get there. They're just the dream match for so many teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, and it's like how – it's a little – not exactly like Daniel Bryan, but it's like you know who we want to see him wrestle. Just every single time you'd see a team work a certain way, it's like, oh, man, these guys would make great opponents for the Revival. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I saw in Mustache Mountain. And, man, the last ten, like maybe seven or eight minutes of this match – outstanding really electric really high paced really good tag team wrestling NXT has it nailed on the tag team wrestling like I'm complaining about this match within the sphere of NXT oh, tag what matches what you expect from a tag match on a takeover which the, is like a match of the year contender that's it, it, that's exactly it I'm framing it within a way of you know sort of insurmountable uh, expectations but mm-hmm. yeah so so you love this match I wasn't as crazy about it but either way a good way to kick off the show at, a mi- at an absolute minimum for a sure. great open for sure uh, moving on to Velveteen Dream taking out uh, EC3 getting a win. Um, I liked the result. I, I think I picked EC3 to win, if I'm remembering correctly. At least watching the match, it's like, oh, EC3 is probably going to win this. It's happy to see Velveteen Dream get the win. I thought it was probably his best Death Valley driver in ages. I thought it was a great one. Kind of botched the one on uh, Cassius Ono. Yeah, on Cassius Ono. So for and s- to see him do it against a heavier guy is again. Yeah. And now, you know, not that. EC3 is heavier in the way that Cassius Ono is heavier, no. but a, just a bulk of muscle. Man, when he was like <laughs> looking at the hard cam and just like, you know, vibrating a jack. Yeah, just kind of like flexing every muscle <laughs> in his body and screaming directly into camera. 
EC3 is genuinely frightening. Yeah. He is, like, scary jacked. Yeah, it's... I, I'm curious about how he's going to come along. I really am. Uh, he... I felt I felt like the hype coming in was really good, uh, and I think the character is really defined. He feels kind of like a guy doing moves in places, and I don't want to write him off as that too quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I thought this match was... It wasn't bad by any stretch. It was just fine. Yeah, it was... But it's the worst Velveteen Dream match in ages yeah and, and that's even conceding that in the Ono match I thought he was quite sloppy both of them but I enjoyed the match on whole more I had a good finish here though I, yeah. I really liked that finish a lot I saw people really dumping on I guess I'm sort of equalizing between the last two where I didn't love the tag match as much as others mm-hmm. but I, I certainly didn't hate this match as much as others I thought it was just like a solid match yeah the Dream Valley Driver on the apron yeah, does he call it that the Dream Valley Driver yeah <laughs> I didn't know that that is great that's great <laughs> It's still a DVD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not uh, not the lights outness that maybe I was expecting. I just thought the amount of trust for EC3 to put in him to be willing to take that move in that spot. Oh. Insane. It, it is insane. It's. I mean, that's the you see George Janela do the spot all the time, the mm. DVD on the apron. And it always looks like someone's going to get very badly hurt. Yeah. I think, you know, part of the, the move is that. But it's, you know, like you say, <laughs> the trust counts for a lot. Uh, this one here was my match of the night, uh, Ricochet taking out Adam Cole. This which is going to be a match of the year contender. Yeah, I, I kind of get that sense, too. It was. I had to go back and watch it a second time because I, I it was just so hot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know that I was like fully able to appreciate what I was watching because I was just like succumbing to my environment at the point when I was watching it. it, it, it dude, it is weird watching two people work that fast. Yeah. Like... Cole, it's, it's obvious. Like, listen, everyone knows how good Ricochet is, and and I'm not the biggest Ricochet guy, except I would say he's obviously. If somebody told me they thought he was like the best in ring talent, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're in that camp, uh, probably. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think that's crazy at all. But like, when he's like in high octane mode, like you talk about hitting the ropes, mm-hmm. just that rebound drop kick he does, like that shouldn't be a great looking move. But when he does it, it looks like a cannon. Like this guy is so fast, and for Cole to be able to be like just narrowly dodging this stuff. Thought was awesome. Like that's a real credit to Adam Cole too. I thought awesome, high speed, great match. And talk about pacing. Mm-hmm. I, from from go, I was into this. And look, it's been a great visual to have all three guys in Undisputed Era be carrying belts at the same time. That's right. But if Cole is going to be involved in Undisputed Era feuds, mm-hmm. then put that title on somebody who's going to make it relevant. Yeah, especially. To be the first champion and to take that long to defend it, mm-hmm. you forget that the belt exists. Well, not only that, NXT belts just don't get defended that often, so you're just not really going to see Reigns, I don't think. Like, it's not it's not in the nature of what NXT is, right? But, like, like if what did Ricochet say? He that was the exact basis of this feud too, is that I want to make this belt matter. Oh man, and he doesn't. So how yeah. do you not want to root for a guy like that? Man, there was a great video that made the rounds about like the importance and power of a child getting to watch their hero conquer. Oh. There was a kid watching the finish of that match, just hopping off the couch, going for wild Ricochet? for Ricochet oh, at the I end of it. I love that. Uh, I'll try and track it down I'd and, love and to get see it, it on our Twitter feed. It's so great. Uh, everybody should see that because yeah. it's like that's what wrestling is. You never is. want to lose that. It's watching good guys that you want to root for actually overcome the odds. What and, do I always say on the show? And that was the story of this match, in a way. And, it's man, that super kick out of the moonsault, or lion salt, rather. It'll definitely, definitely be in contender for spot, spot of, of the year. year. Like has to be. It's, did what, you see the... What can beat that? That is some... The, you, if you are off by milliseconds, the timing on that is blown. 
I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head a better spot. I mean, my, my mind actually went to the, the not-special-at-all Hammerlock DDT that uh, almost finished Gargano with, but I think that was just, like, at the end of this great match. It's definitely not spot of the year mm. in the same way that, that this is. Uh, yeah, I mean, incredible. I, I couldn't say enough good things about this match. Two people doing what they can do at a very high level, and it's nice in NXT that you get to see this type of person wrestle one another. This is also not a spot of the year contender, but can I just bring it up as a Please, cool yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dean's powerlifting dirty deeds. What would you call it? Like a pop-up dirty deeds? Yeah, I don't know. Sort of. That... That was the best Dirty Deeds ever. It's that or the Triple H one. I, the, the Triple H cell. In the, although Dolph's cell was great, too. Like, he just goes lifeless, and Dean, like, just drapes him over. Yeah. I'm so happy Dean Ambrose is back. I know. <laughs> I just had to bring that up because we didn't talk about it during the Raw round. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Kyrie Sane getting the belt, uh, taking out Shayna Baszler. This yeah. Was a good match. This was a great match. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very good. Yeah, I uh, I would say I enjoyed this match more than I enjoyed Velveteen Dream versus EC3, which if you told me that was going to be the case. And, like, <laughs> look, I know that you've had your criticisms of her in the past, but how can anybody say Shayna Baszler, like, can't wrestle? No, I feel like I was the, the one defending her against Mike. Oh, really? Yeah, I was saying that I, I enjoy the style. Like, I thought she had a bad match. The I can't even remember the, the last one against, outing. Uh, I can't even remember that she won it off Ember. I think yeah, that's like right. It. Yeah, and I didn't like that match. But no, no, I I think that style has real legs. Like the Minoru Suzuki works that style, and I love it. Like the the seldom hitting the ropes, lots of grounding of the opponent. Like I'm into that style. Mm-hmm. I, I think it has to be matched up with people that can complement it, which Kyrie Sane obviously can. I don't love Kyrie Sane with the belt. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I mean... She doesn't feel like a champion. I will say, having her have the title as we head into Mae Young Classic season mm. makes the Mae Young Classic feel huge. Because who are your two biggest names in NXT right now? The two Mae Young Classic finalists. Yeah, Yoshi Ryan. So if you're going to... No, uh, Kyrie and Shayna. Oh, right, right, like, right Those yeah. are the two biggest names in NXT women's wrestling. Yeah. So Sorry, clearly, just... whoever comes out of this tournament... Is important. Absolutely. So in that way, I do like it in that it like pushes uh, something that you should want to watch now. Absolutely. I think it's a great point that there is precedent. It's something the Andre the Giant Battle Royale never did, right? Like they, No one's ever won it, and it's made it seem like it had a difference in their career at all, yeah. whereas the Mae Young Classic obviously did. Exactly. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa beats Johnny Gargano again in a match that, you can quote me on this, was just all right, guys. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> It was. It wasn't as good as any of their I other matches. I didn't like the finish of it. But look, no. there's a reason why this match was not supposed to happen this way. Absolutely. If this, yeah. this Gargano Champa thing is going to drag out, then you cannot have them having clean finishes over each other. Yep. Which it, not that this finish was clean, but no, like the point of having Black in the match was so that he would get pinned. Exactly. You know? So these you can keep these guys apart from one another. I think they need to take a break from this feud right now. I think Champa needs to defend against somebody who isn't Gargano. Um. I, I don't know, guys. I, I didn't like this. Well, I did not like this match. It was a good match, but it it wasn't even as good as their match at the Cruiserweight Classic. I yeah. Think. Oh, you're like, going to get Johnny finally win at the WrestleMania takeover probably? Yeah, I guess that's probably how I'd do it. But apparently his knee injury was legit. Oh, really? That, I mean, they said Triple H on the conference call said that they rebooked the match on the fly <laughs> yeah, okay. be- because he, yeah. he injured his knee. But then he fully it, ran it, on it for the finish. Yeah, sorry, guys. No, 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 I, I don't know if I really believe that. I, I can't imagine believing it less. But then, it's hey, the most convoluted finish on the whole card. And How like is it you said, though, maybe they need to get away from this. What's yeah. the easiest way to do that? Act like one of the guys is injured. That's, th- I think that's what happened. I think Triple H coming out is, is the way of working that. Yes. I said that in our, our wrestling chat, too. Yeah. It's like, this is him working people so they can actually get away from it and they can 
can do Black Chompa or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, overall, I felt like this takeover was just all right. Like, it, yeah. was, it was good, but other takeovers have set a bar so high, it's difficult for shows to live up to that. And I will give you credit, because you predicted this coming into the show, and I said, oh, oh we always say that, that this one's not going to be the best. <laughs> and I, in the end, yeah, it wasn't a bad show. No. It was still it, a very good show. It was one of the better shows of the week. That's the thing. Like, if you're going, to, like... It's still a takeover. It's still two and a half hours that you're going to enjoy. But within the bubbles of takeover, I do feel like this breaks the streak that was started with War Games of those three being, like, really elite tier stuff. Absolutely. So what would you give a letter grade on this one? Still a B. I still enjoyed the show. Yeah, I'd probably go about the same. It's just, yeah, it, it's tough because, again, a, an uh, unsatisfying finish, I feel like, to the show as a whole. Mm taints my picture of the entire show when there was yeah. a lot of good stuff here. Kind of like SummerSlam. I guess so. <laughs> that one actually was 15 minutes. Hey! Uh, can I just mention one thing before we get into listener questions? Absolutely. It is kind of uh, tangentially related to NXT. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, we had argued about something with Mike in our group chat this week. Yeah. Um, and I want to bring it up only because... I didn't realize until yesterday that it was actually a mistake that this thing had happened. you got to tell me what this thing is. I can't even think of it. It was an announcement that took place on Saturday, a day before SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. And we both were kind of like, why would you do this a day before a title defense and not do it, I don't know, the day after? Yeah, you're talking about Trish Stratus and Alexa Bliss. Trish Stratus is going to be wrestling Alexa Bliss at Evolution. And you know why we know that? Tell me. Because they put a graphic up on the screen at the Barclays Center before TakeOver. So everybody's oh. walking into the arena to take their seats, and this graphic goes up on the screen and stays there for an awfully long time. It is just saying Trish Stratus versus Alexa Bliss at Evolution. That is weird. And and they didn't announce it themselves on their Twitter feed or anything. It was just photos it of was, the arena. It was just in the arena, and huh. suddenly all these people started taking photos of it and being like, well, this is a weird thing. And the news spreads that way. I didn't hear and then it. WWE reacts after the fact to say, well, uh, everybody knows about this, so ta-da! ta-da! And they announced it that way. So clearly a mistake. Yeah. Because you and I both were like, what the heck? Yeah, why would you do why this? Why would you? You just undercut your own <laughs> match, which is tomorrow. <laughs> For no reason. Why would you announce this now? And the answer is, they goofed That's it. good to know. Yeah. Uh, th- touch on your thoughts on the match for uh, a minute here. Let's let's talk about Trish, Evo- versus. Trish versus Alexa. Yeah, it feels kind of big to me in a way. Yeah, I'm, and it's good that Trish gets to work against somebody who is a top heel. Yeah. Like, I was a little bit, I don't know that miffed is the right word, but, like, there's better in-ring workers to put her against oh, yeah. than Alexa Bliss. A lot of them. Yes. You know? Sasha Banks is probably the match that I would like to see the most. Literally, I mean, a lot of them are better than a like. You could almost you if yeah. you drew names out of a hat, you'd be more likely Trish to see someone. Becky even sounds great, and I think Becky even wanted to see that match. Yep. Um, but we're getting an Alexa instead. The only positive is that if they're going to bring Trish back to do any amount of television, they've given her an amazing heel to work against. Right? Like that's the only good thing is that the promos and the build to it can be very good, and the match will probably be fine. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, like I don't see this match going like longer than eight minutes or anything. It's just like a return and a nice thing for the build after Stratus there. It'll be great to see her. Exactly. Jim, you want to jump into what I could only call a little bit of the listener mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Our first question this week comes to us from Tealy at TJJHHKV. Um, first time writer, long time listener. <laughs> 
Uh, when will Baszler attack Rousey, and when is it this? Why is it this Monday? Um, I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're gonna be they're like gonna a, be on the same page. Yeah, I think uh, Baszler will be called up and like strongly allied. I think a lot of people are thinking that she's going to be presented as Stephanie McMahon's bodyguard. Oh, but that doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive with really anything that they've done with her to this point. If and especially if they're gonna build to a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen thing. Like I said earlier, the only advantage that the MMA ones can have is that they like each other. Are on the same page. Yeah, I I don't know how else you get around it. This one comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy 69420. Did you have anything else to add to that? No. Okay. Uh, This one comes to us, like I said, (laughs) from Danger Boy, and it is... All the good numbers. Can both of you guys say who your favorite wrestler of all time is and then say why, but only using one sentence? I should have thought about this because I remember pulling the question. Uh, I'll say it's Mick Foley, and he brought an authenticity to absolutely everything he touched. Okay. And I will say Daniel Bryan. (laughs) The exact same reason. Because I see myself in him. Mm. He is relatable to me. I can see my own struggles in what he does. There you go. Uh, Justin, just getting out of the way here. I guess three sentences. We don't have were Those were commas, folks. Not (laughs) periods. We don't have time to do every question this week. Some of them will be saved. We may do a mailbag episode in the future, do them on another sure. episode, whatever it is. But we went kind of long on yeah, those let's rounds. Yeah, go, go rapid fire on these questions. Yeah. Uh, this next one comes to us from Narc Savard at Book of Lube. Uh, and he just says, uh, talk about how perfect the New Day is, which I feel like I did a little bit earlier. You want to say anything about They're the great. New Day? They're great. I couldn't be happier to put the belts back on them so that we can put them in meaningful feuds again. And they can do cool things both in and out of the ring instead of eating pancakes for months at a time. Not that they're not entertaining doing that. And my God, that ribs thing that they were doing on SmackDown. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Hilarious. Really good. More of that. Less yes. pancakes. Yeah, fully agree. Uh, that, that promo on SmackDown was the exact same promo they did on the pre-show. Was it? Completely. That's hilarious. But hey, like I said, who other than me watched the pre-show? I, I did too, but only because <laughs> on that pre-show you had Revival, Andrade, yeah, Rusev, well, you, and Gulak. Were you fixing yourself a drink when the New Day cut that promo? No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question this week comes to us from uh, Coca-Cola LLC, at Coca-Cola LLC. Our gender-fluid listener, whose gender is a fluid. And he asks, what was your favorite awful gimmick from 90s wrestling? Awful. Yeah. I have an answer. This is kind of a hard one. I have an answer off the top of my head. Uh, I was going to say the Bushwhackers. Are they 90s? They're definitely still wrestling in 1990. I guess so, yeah. But I guess they don't really count as, like, an awful 90s. It always feels like the first, like, three years of a decade (laughs) are just, like, a hangover part of the previous decade. I I actually totally have my answer for this. I totally forgot. I think you might share it. Sure. Mordecai. He's not 90s either. He's 2000s. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. 2002, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going for a good gimmick or Your our favorite, favorite this, bad one? These questions are so hard. If you're like, what are these things that are bad but you love them? It's like, I don't know, I'll man. Say, I'll say the goon. <laughs> the hockey fighter? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a dumb, bad gimmick, but I'm a Canadian <laughs> hockey fan, so I love it. Like, a funny answer here for me to be, say, Isaac Yankum, but I don't like him. I actually like, feel horrible that the goon got saddled with that gimmick. Like, imagine you're a Canadian wrestler who's, like, trained. I don't even know if he trained with the hearts. Maybe. Sure. You're like, you've trained in Stu Hart's dungeon. <laughs> you've put your body through unspeakable punishment in your training to reach a certain point in your uh, 
career, and you get to the pinnacle of professional wrestling. You make it all the way to the <laughs> World Wrestling Federation, and Vince McMahon looks at your passport and says, Canadian? Yeah. You love hockey? <laughs> You're going to be a hockey player. Uh, I love hockey, damn it. Yeah, because, yeah, of course, a hockey player is going to become world champion. Does, like, the Hurricane or Blue Blazer count? Like, I like superhero gimmicks. Hurricane is 2000. Blue yeah. Blazer would definitely exist in the But is 90s. he an awful gimmick? No, I like that. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I'm not good at this one. I'm sorry. But, yeah. I don't know. You could pick the Mountie if you wanted. He always got his No, man. it just sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. This is the problem. But when it's, like, the awful ones, I think are bad. <laughs> Be like liking Dolph Ziggler or something. Bad is bad. Uh, this one comes to us from, <laughs> hey, hey now. Ask the question. This one comes from More further questions. Daniel at Early 90s Pants who says, what was the worst face or heel turn of all time in your opinions? Well, it's tough to not say the Austin one at the end. That's of, what I was thinking too. But, but I don't want to just. That moment in itself is so great That's though. the thing. It's, it's only. everything that comes after that is like, this was the wrong move. Yeah, and you know what, man? I fell out of wrestling after that, and I feel yeah. like that is a contributing Probably played factor. A role. I, some some other I don't know about a turn, but uh, Seth Rollins not returning as a babyface from injury no, really big time comes mistake. to mind. Yeah. And I know people are saying, "Well, that's recency bias." No, I I literally think that's one of the biggest mistakes they could have made. Like he yeah. was, people just were so ready. You and then even it. the actual babyface was completely mishandled as well. It is yeah, a, that's right. It's a miracle. It's <laughs> a miracle right now that <laughs> Seth is like. Probably the number two babyface on Raw. I know some people like to they dislike the Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatts thing, but I actually always thought that was kind of a cool wrinkle because it ended so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was that. Well, this is what I'm. That is my hope for Becky Lynch right now. Yeah, right? I was going to bring it up during it's the round. Like, actually, yeah, I, I look at that and I think there is proof, there is precedent for them to just try to turn someone heel and then be like, okay, this clearly is not working. Yeah, yeah, that's because you cannot force a heel turn. You can. Again, you can force a baby face push. You cannot force a heel push. It just makes the optics too weird. Uh, just our next question comes to us from Mitch Pollock at Mitchell Black. Oh, uh, what, does he buddy. Do, what does he do for a living? He is the music producer for Q on hey. CBC Radio. There we go. And he asks, in my opinion, or I should say says, in my opinion, the demon character is hot fire. And I'm of the belief that WWE would benefit more from one or two more cartoon-like characters with large gimmicks. Do you agree? And why do you think the WWE doesn't lean into that kind of character theatrically as much as it used to? It's a great question. Um, I got to say, I was very disappointed in the fact that uh, we did not get a Brock Lesnar appearance on Raw. Oh. And the reason that it disappointed me greatly, like they teased this out that Brock is going to demand his rematch. Yeah. And he's not getting it. Yeah. Well, that's going to piss him off. So what's he going to do? He's going to come out during that main event. As the demon. And interrupt it (laughs) and cost Finn his one chance to finally get his rematch. I I also thought that was exactly what was going to happen. And then we build to a Finn versus Brock match, which is... You know, maybe not as close as we're going to get to the Brock versus Daniel Bryan match we've all wanted now that Brian is back. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can't say that can anymore. Happen, but it's still going to be a compelling kind of little guy versus big guy, David versus Goliath underdog story. More than compelling. <laughs> and then when you do the match, you have Finn be the demon and the demon beats Brock. There you go. Yeah. I That's mean- what I wanted more than anything. And instead we got nothing. Yeah, None zilch. of that. Um. To to Mitch's question, uh, I think that the WWE probably doesn't do it because they Vince sees that as old wrestling and hokey. 
Um, whereas I think actual wrestling communities when done right would really embrace it. So I agree that done more. I'm sort of taking this. It says theatrical, but a little more supernatural skewed character. But like you didn't of, like that the demon came back. I don't like the demon character. I always think the entrance is cool. Although I thought the outfit looked kind of lower rent this time. I actually than it has thought the before. mouth and the tongue looked cooler than ever. Oh, the paint for sure. I mean, like just like streamers off of his oh, head. Yeah, I thought yeah. looked cheap. Uh, the paint always looks dope. Well, he was again Spider-Man inspired, just like Johnny Gargano That's was. Right. He was it, wearing the Spider-Man two hundred nine nine style face paint. Have you seen the Finn match where he does half demon, half Spider-Man? Uh, it's in New Japan, yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, I literally, I figured you'd love that. Uh, but yeah, like, and again, Gargano. I should have mentioned this. I love that his costuming told the story of his character. Yeah, sure. Because he came out wearing a vest that was very much Venom inspired. Mm -hmm. His gear when he took the vest off was kind of had like a, you know, it was like cartoon face, like the one-eyed kind of smiley. It it was Venomized. It had a Venom smile and Venom eyes. He was letting his evil sort of pour through him for this match. And it covered up Black on top of what was otherwise red and blue trunks. He was literally doing visual shorthand. I tweeted this on the top mark. I saw it, yeah. That vengeance and hatred is consuming him. Mm -hmm. That our hero is losing his way because he is losing his focus because all he can think about is negativity. Well, and that's the thing. And like... What a great way to do that. It's a great subtle storytelling. Uh, I'll just say, uh, Mitch, in direct regards to this... I think these characters, much like every other character, only as good as the story they're being told is in. So if they bring out a supernatural character and they say, like, those, you think of those early Wyatt introductions yeah, man, and like the, how potent they were. My, my chief issue with the demon is it's, it's just so muddy. And I know that there are people who be like, well, it has this promo, that promo. It has to be explained. But the demon is still undefeated. The demon has never lost. That's worth something. So, yeah, that is worth something, man. If the demon can win him a universal title, which it already has. Yep. It could do it again. Yep. So he should just be the demon then. <laughs> well, no. Like, I do like that there is this element of like it exhausts him. Mm, that's so maybe like that's the good way to like ha- have the belt come off him also. It's, not just that he's wrestling not as the demon, but that he had just wrestled as the demon drained. and can't do it again. Right. Somebody cashes in money in the bank a Monday after a Sunday. Exactly. Like I do think, man, that Finn still has a top guy run in him. Hmm. I know that you're past that point well, with Well, it's not that I'm past that point. You know who killed it for me was Simon Gotch. Really? Now Simon Grimm on the Indies. Yeah, he gave a, a shoot interview. And <laughs> he was basically like, you would be blown away backstage like how f- little Finn Balor cares. Like, it's obvious that he's just like, this New Japan was him like working really hard. He could care less where he is on the card now. Like, there's so many guys who are just like way hungrier and like push for themselves backstage. And Finn isn't that at all. And then I was like, that actually kind of makes sense to me. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's just like... Not that Simon Gotch is the end-all. <laughs> the be-all authority on everything. <laughs> but, I mean, he was right about Enzo in the end, wasn't he? He for sure was. So, but, yeah. I don't know. I just... I just love shoots. <laughs> as long as the demon is undefeated and you can present him as having yeah. power, he then there's money in him. Well, if I'm Finn Balor, the only thing I'm advocating for myself backstage would be now the demon stays undefeated. Like, yeah. And then you can pay that off in a you know, plethora of ways. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one comes to us from Fruits Are Edible at Fruits Are Edible. I, Craig Tamble. I really didn't answer Mitch's question about cartoonish characters. I just talked about why I think the demon works. That's okay. But yeah, uh, <laughs> It's just that you hate Mitch. <laughs> I love Mitch. I know. What does he do for a living? 
I have no idea. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> Craig Tamble asks, do you want to see a heel tag run with Ciampa and Gargano after all this? Both guys realize it was NXT that destroyed their friendship, and instead of hugging and pulling each other up, they sink deeper into rage and take out the tag teams one by one. I love it as them getting called up together in that role. Right now, I, I, I think you can't go right to it. I still think you need a break. But eventually... I don't think you can call them up as heels, though. No? Ciampa, maybe. I, like, I... Gargano is just such a natural babyface. He is, but I, who do you think currently has more potency? Gargano as a babyface or Ciampa as a heel? Ciampa as a heel. Ciampa I agree. might be the best heel in wrestling. I agree. I think I think he could get them booed right now just with the if and Gargano would have to like completely be subservient to him and, and all this sort of thing. But yeah, I, I'd be down to see it for sure. Absolutely. Next question this week comes to us from uh, Andrew Del Bar and at A Del Bar, and he asks. Outside of Becky now being heel, Roman being big dog face, and Bobby Roode being boring face, who is the most miscast wrestler in regards to their face heel status in the Fed? Uh, I want to say one thing about the big dog. Yeah. They finally turned that into an image this week. Yeah. Or has he been wearing that shirt for a while? He's wearing it for a while, but they only... The, the, the 3D, 3D graphic hologram. hologram thing that they did. That's just awful. Oh, boy. It is. It is weak. Oh, boy. Weak. Uh, it is not a good graphic either. No, everything about it sucks. Yeah, I know that he's supposed to be a hound for justice, but it wasn't. I don't. I hate that look. It's a uh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't make it literal. Yeah. Who's miscast in their alignment? The most miscast it's Becky, person, obviously. Oh, but he said besides Becky, it is oh, by yeah. far Becky. Yeah. I would say then building off that probably Charlotte. Charlotte is not a top baby face. I think Charlotte's more. Charlotte has a face run in her, and yeah. we just saw it for the last year. But eventually, like, if you're going to – people are going to get sick of someone like that at the top who, who is, you know, perceived as a favorite because of nepotism. Yeah. Um, like, look, I went to Raw with John Cullen. Yeah. You were also at this Raw. I was. It was the Not raw. With you, it was the raw where uh, there was the triple threat match for the right to face Seth. Yeah, Orton, no, Orton Cesaro versus Seth. Owens. Orton versus Seth was the main event. Sheamus teased that he was going to cash in. It was a good raw. It was the episode where Rusev unveiled the Bulgarian flag with his own image on it. That's when right. He was still dating uh, uh, Summer Rae. That's right. On screen. Hot anyways. summer. Hot summer. Cold fish, Lana. Uh, <laughs> dog sickler. Dog sickler. <laughs> <laughs> the All best of these of things. <laughs> Great stuff. Ugh. But. We're sitting outside waiting to go in to that Raw. Somebody gives me a Cesaro section sign, which oh, nice. I still have and cherish very much. Oh, nice. uh, and, and we're just talking to all these people. First of all, it's, f- it's fascinating people watching. Yeah, no question about the, that. Some of the greatest people watching you can do is the crowd waiting to go in outside of a sort of small town USA WWE show. It's just definitely. outside Seattle. It's not Seattle. Everett proper. is definitely small town USA. Yeah, but like Seattle comes to that show. Right. Vancouver comes to that yeah, show. Yeah. It's not entirely a small town crowd, but the people who are there are, uh, you know, what you assume to be the salt of the earth style wrestling fan. That's absolutely true. We talked to a bunch of people who were both in front of us and behind us as we waited to go into this show. Yeah. They all hated Charlotte. Oh. She was a babyface at the time. Interesting. Everyone resented her. That's interesting. Because. They hated that she is positioned above everyone because of whose daughter she is. Yeah, I think that's that would be the way to do it as it's a heel, right? It's the same way you look at one of those like top 30 under 30 lists. Like, everyone's and it's like, parents are rich. How, how much do your parents make? 
Give me the like yeah. value. All of them were millionaires. Yeah, the <laughs> economic uh, stake that all of your parents have in society. You know, the, I'm gonna say you hate those people also for the same reason. Nobody liked Charlotte at that time, even when her work rate was undeniable. Yeah, her work rate is still undeniable. There's just true. something innately unlikable about her. I'm gonna say it's time for the Kevin Owens face turn. I will agree with that also. Uh, I feel like you've gotten years of mileage out of him being a very similar style heel at first, sort of a bruiser, then sort of a coward. But I, I've long been of the opinion that the guy can be your number one babyface if you need him to. We can obviously talk. His moveset when they let him do it is incredibly babyface. You mm-hmm. think of the moonsaults, the cannonballs. Um, the frog splash. The, the frog splash. Like the, These are things that uh, that I think would play well to him. As a, now, it's tr- tricky because he says he's miscast. Not really because he's also good as a heel. But if yeah. you're asking me who I think would benefit the most from a swap, I think it would be Kevin Owens right now. Charlotte is also good at being a babyface. It's just if you yeah. can position her against Becky, you turn the wrong one. So here's our final question this week, J-Mo, and it, actually I think you're supposed to read it, so why don't I pass my phone over to you so that you can read the question to me. comes to us from one of last week's guests, in fact. And guest in the future. Ryan Schapp, who says, is it just me or was Randy written off TV for a bit last night so they can deal with his penis handshake problem? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think WWE lets lesser things go. Um, I don't know. I wasn't left with that impression. What did you think, J-Mo? Uh, no, I don't think so either. It's And dude, his like ear-pulling thing... Oh, you can tell uh, it's fake, yeah, it's, that he's just flexing to make it look like he's pulling really hard when it's he's still just, just kind of tugging on it a little bit. It doesn't look very fun, though. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, there there are deathmatch spots <laughs> that, <laughs> that, don't, that don't look as gross <laughs> totally true. as pulling on someone's cartilage <laughs> like that. It's totally true. It's fucking sickening. <laughs> yeah. Don't, it's, it's I'm doing it. so gross. <laughs> like, my brother has one of those spacer things. Yeah. If I was to see him, like, take it out, even if someone was doing it to themselves, like, they were just cleaning out that hole, that oh. would be disgusting. I was seeing a girl for a while who had those, and she'd take them out sometimes mm-hmm. to, like, swap. And I'd always be like, oh, what do I do with these? And it's like, the hanging lobes, it's like, yeah, you could do a lot there. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's uh, a... <laughs> yeah, so it's a fantastic visual. I yeah. hope he keeps doing it forever. I think he will, yeah. Yeah. Good, good heel work by Rand. Yeah, no, he's... Like, there's nothing that happened since his comeback that couldn't have waited. He completely overshadowed a feud that he ultimately wasn't even involved in in the match on Sunday, right? Yeah. So that's a bummer. I, but, like, he's been doing some of the best heel work of his career, so I can't complain about it either. It's so tough for me with talking about him right now and listening to you and Mike a couple weeks back do that round. Because, like, I will totally acknowledge that it's the most interesting he's ever been and he's doing a good job. My ability to, like, accept him and be interested in Randy Orton is poor. I don't find him very captivating Mm -hmm. anymore. Okay. That's fair. That'll do it for this week's episode of Top Marks, Justin. Yeah, what an episode it was. It did feel like uh, it had a big episode feel at the start. It uh, only continued an upwards trajectory. And by the end, I feel like this is the greatest podcast that's ever been committed to MP3. Yeah. Wave. MP3. MP3. I had it right. Shouldn't yeah. have doubted myself. Good life lesson there, No, J-Mo. you know what? You're you're fully correct. Wow. I wasn't feeling it at the time, but then you said, this is the best show that's ever taken place in history. And I was like, when you're right, you're right. And I'm not trying to, like, that might even be downplaying <laughs> it. Like, I feel, I feel so strong in this yeah. opinion that going forward <laughs> 20 years in the future, I don't know that this episode won't be the greatest piece of media ever committed to anything. Exactly. Like, when 
NASA like prints a gold <laughs> record yeah. that has like the most <laughs> crucial recordings yes. in human history. Yes. As if any alien civilization civilization that ever happens upon this will of course have vinyl record players. <laughs> That's right. You don't. Why wouldn't any every civilization has vinyl record players, oh. including our own right now? Oh. It's the most <laughs> common <laughs> form of media that anyone ever takes in is vinyl records. It's exactly the same as now. So what would you commit to that? You'd have like Sgt. Pepper, Zeppelin 4, London Calling. Oh no, throw all those in the trash. <laughs> it's just this episode. I agree. Maybe six times in a row, depending <laughs> on how much you can fit onto that gold record. You know why that was, Justin? Why? Because this episode was hot. And you know what else it was? Spicy. And I bet you if you threw it in your mouth, chewed and swallow, you'd find out. It, it tastes, tastes great. Because, because it was... Curry Man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! You got any? You got any uh, banter handy? Uh, no. I think I snuck in everything that I wanted to say. All right, I'm just gonna take this barbecue lighter and this jar lid and play them off with a little okay, tuneski. Okay, okay. Okay. It was SummerSlam. This is such a jam. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. But now we gotta go. <laughs> I love it. Encore. My favorite band Encore. is Top I love when they make songs. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!